Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is John Kerman, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hi, this is PJ Butler, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is Kyle, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hey, this is Jim. We're leaving a Legacy. Got a mouthful of meat. Um, oh, wait. That's not what I meant. Don't put that on there. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one parents have been posted. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Leaving Legacy. Uh, my name is Patrick, I'm your Legacy newbie. With me today, I have some uh, some Legacy experts in the field. Uh, first and foremost, I got Mr. Jerry Me. What's going on, man? Not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. We have uh, a special guest host, Adrian. What's going on, Adrian? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Alright, good. good <laughs> he's, a, he's, a little, he's a little rusty, a little out of practice, but that's okay. <laughs> and we have a recent uh, Eternal Extravaganza 5 Top 8 finalist, uh, Mark Strassman. What's going on, man? Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> glad to have you. Glad to have you. So you finished uh, in 7th with Punishing Maverick, so we're going to go into the uh, the deck a little bit tonight. But uh, if you want to give us a little bit of your background, kind of like you know where you started off in Magic and uh, you know kind of where you're at now with the game. So uh, my dad owned a comic shop in uh, Philadelphia, West Philadelphia. Comic cards. Yeah, West Philadelphia, where I was born and raised. Born and raised? Okay. <laughs> born and raised. Actually, In the comic book store is where I spent most of my days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, northeast Philadelphia, but West is, West is cooler. You know, so uh, we'll go with West. But, uh, yeah, he had a comic shop. He, um, I think, started with Homelands. I think Homelands was, like, dirt cheap, and uh, he got a bunch of Homeland boxes and uh, started with that, and I think Fallen Empires was pretty cheap, and bought a lot into that. And then um, a scene happened, and uh, so probably around that time I started getting interested in it. But I, I really just didn't know what I was doing until maybe fourth edition. At that point, I understood that like you couldn't just play all the lands from your hand, and, <laughs> you know. Lenor uh, Elves doesn't tap search your library for a first card and put it in the It ought to, yeah. <laughs> That'd be a real good card. <laughs> yeah, and I, I had a brother and friends, and they all played blue. And uh, I was the younger guy, and I, I didn't want to play blue. And uh, I got punished a whole lot. I got counterspelled in an era where counterspell was legal in type 2 or, or standard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been playing a lot. Uh, well, I, I kind of got out of it i guess as a kid and got back into it and got out of it probably like most people and uh i think uh somewhere recently um maybe two maybe zendikar i kind of got back into it and actually got a legacy deck and started playing burn and uh was that guy at the tournament who uh the day Yeah, I'm like beating guys who have like beta dual lands, and I don't even really know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Just like cool cards, dude. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> oh man. So it's uh, it's kind of cool going back and seeing the guys who were kind of good when I got into uh, the legacy scene and seeing them still around and kind of how. Everyone grows as players, you know. It's kind of uh, cool to see people in their development and, and where they are now. 
And the natural evolution of a burn player is a burn spell that never goes away. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it, man. Uh, So you've moved on to Punishing Maverick. And you've actually been on this deck for a while, I know, because I went to message you to invite you on the cast. And it brought up the previous uh, message (laughs) that I had completely forgot about from over a year and a half ago when you had sent me a Punishing Maverick list. (laughs) Yeah, man, it was uh, probably that event where we played. Um, You actually got the better of me on what is most likely a bad matchup for you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I would definitely say so. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think I just got uh, got the business with Delver, you know, he just, uh, you know, got me and played solid and uh you know i i think uh, at that point too I, I had some experience with the deck but i've really been just jamming that pile since mm-hmm. yeah and punishing fire is amazing i learned the beauties of it myself this weekend but yeah i feel the biggest benefit of running the punishing fire engine is you destroy the traditional delver decks mm-hmm it's huge, man. It's uh, part of the reason why it's hard for me to drop it. And I think uh, Thalia is a card that I've kind of only gotten a taste of in my own sto- in my own home brews and stuff like that. I actually uh, never really played too much of the Abzan Maverick. I was never really too into it. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like, in a, in a way, I think since I feel like Thalia is really the death and taxes card, I almost feel like, not that it's bad in Maverick, but that maybe there's another direction you want to go when you actually want the Thalia in your deck in the first place. Right. That is a pretty good distinction. Uh, kind of the two realms of thought of Maverick. You can go for the more prison hate bear style with like Thalia's, but that doesn't really allow you to play punishing fire because you're adding cost onto an already pretty expensive engine to maintain. For sure. And um, I think traditionally speaking, uh, the Maverick deck was kind of like, punishing fire was still there you didn't have to play it but if it was a creature meta or a maverick meta it was solid and i could tell you i think uh i had a feeling taxes was really going to be big with the uh new card that came out that recruiter but i feel like it's not too much more popular than it was so mm-hmm. i got kind of lucky with the punishing fire call i actually didn't see taxes that day and it just worked out you know nice and i mean punishing fire is not the worst against taxes it's arduous and a grind but you can you can peck away at them yeah I, I think it's it's a card that i definitely run that uh you know helps me in the taxes matchup i think i think the k is solid too in that matchup but i'd rather have the pun and um <laughs> i can't run decay unfortunately yeah uh, with that mana base it's just uh too much greed Right. So I guess for some of our listeners who aren't as familiar with the list, uh, you know, what's kind of like the theory behind Maverick? What are you trying to do? What's why? Why would you play Maverick? So um, the reason I think that Maverick is a solid build outside of any metagame, just as far as Magic the Gathering goes, is Green Sun Zenith, Mom, and Mana Dorks. Um, <laughs> I really think that that's just the nuts and bolts right there. Um, Green Sun Zenith is a card that I think is um, incredibly powerful with the fact that you're going to get into situations where you're not going to have the perfect card in your hand, and, and that becomes the optimal play. Um, and, and the number of targets that are possible, you know, with a Teague or a Ooze or a, a Mana Dork or a Knight, and if you're crazy, like a Cigarda or a 
run or something, you, you can really get wild, you know, in, in other archetypes or even Maverick. Or a Titania, if you want to go real big. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty sweet right there. I've, uh, I've seen that a little bit. Um, so, to me, I think that that's really the appeal, is that you get uh, a deck that has a green Sun Zenith engine with the protection of Mom, and I think that uh, the old analogy of, you know, uh, that rock, paper, scissors part of magic, where, you know, if you're combo deck, you're going to beat the... Uh, the mid-range deck are going to lose to the mid-range deck or something like that that has counter spells. And if you're uh, a burn deck, you're going to lose to the combo deck because, you know, they're just going to kill you too quickly. I think that Legacy really does allow you to play an archetype that you would think wouldn't be good in a metagame, but actually is because of how powerful the cards are them- themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. It definitely fits into that kind of uh, mid-rangey prey on the fast aggro decks. Uh, but it doesn't necessarily re- your deck. You're, you're kind of afraid of combo, I would say, right? That's kind of your worst matchups. Uh, Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that uh, Thalia being that card that you could put in your deck was like, you know, in, in a combo meta game, like when uh, Sneak Attack was was a pretty popular deck. You know that that really saved you, and you can't always rely on uh, you know a Mana Dork into a Green Sun Zenith uh, Gaddic Teague turn two which 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 might save you so having turn zero kills happen as a maverick player is just something you got to live with as a you just don't get that force of will so it's all turn two uh plays so in a combo meta you you do not want to be a maverick player that's for sure yeah your worst fear is your opponent just turn one in you like tinfin storm belcher all these decks that can just kill you before you even get a chance to put a hate piece out yeah, you nailed it, man. And that's why I think that uh, deck with um, Loam that can turn one play a uh, Teague or turn one play a Chalice mm-hmm. in a combo meta, I really, as much as I love my deck, you're probably better off playing the other deck. Right. So I, I like Maverick a lot, uh, though I kind of go more towards the larger version uh, when I play uh kind of my punishing punishing lands deck uh with like night of the reliquary just because i do like being able to go turn one chalice of the void off like a mox diamond man acceleration i mean it's sweet it's uh at this point i think it's hard to argue with uh eldrazi maybe being more efficient in that way but right i mean that's that's the king of land a hate hate piece on turn one (laughs) yeah exactly so I, I think that in this meta where counterbalance and chalice are big, I, I, I can't imagine combo being too happy. So right, which so would you say that's kind of a big reason uh, why you were able to make your way through the field of a very competitive field? <laughs> that and and I really do think that a lot of things went my way. Um, for for starters, uh, I think being in the m- right mindset and and really wanting to be like, let's play nine darn rounds of magic today <laughs> you know and, and not pee when i want to pee and not eat when i want to eat and you know just 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 deal with it it's uh it's tough so i i think uh that day you know i, I had a lot of things going for me i had uh, a girlfriend who's who's uh great to me who i was going to stay at her place afterwards and uh she lives in baltimore and that right around baltimore and she was there so that made my night easier i didn't have to commute home Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I did have time in between rounds to get food because I, I played solid or got lucky or, or what have you. And, 
I, I'm telling you, so the, the, the mulligans were happening on the other end of the table, <laughs> you know. And uh, not, not not that certain things didn't uh, go you know well for me in, in other ways, but you know I, I really did play pretty solid. I can recall a few mistakes that happened, mm-hmm. but I, I I think that uh, it's it's repetition, you know, and, and there, there's a reason that. You know, one day you can win ten games in a row, but another day you're 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 not going so well. There's there's some variance, but I think a lot of it is mindset and, and other little things that you might not really think of in that moment. You know, it's uh, if you don't want to be there, you're not going to play well. Right, exactly. And it also, I feel you kind of just start to snowball. Like when you start off on a good foot, and then you win your first match, you're feeling high. You know, you'll go into that second match with like a clear head than if you had lost round one. And it just kind of builds and builds off of each other. For sure, man. I, I uh, definitely do think that there is something to lose in that first round, even beyond getting paired in a way that's uh, unfavorable. Oh, yeah. And I, I know plenty of people that if they lose round one, they're done. They scoop, they drop from the tournament. And honestly, depending on the tournament, I don't blame them because sometimes it's just not worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh, as, as much as we love this game, uh, there, there's something about those cue times in between and uh, just just that freedom of, of being able to just go out to eat or go home or you know, for some people catch a beer or a smoke or what have you. You know, it's uh, it's important. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think things really did go well for me. I had a good uh, amount of friends that were there and uh, you know, I had the situation right where I wanted to be there all night and I knew I was going to crash at a place that was close and uh yeah, I, I think that that really does add up more than I think people realize. Awesome. So, what about the uh, kind of tournament itself? Anything, any matches that like really stuck out in your mind? Any highlights from the tournament? Yeah, um, I think that this is an interesting topic. Um, when you play a deck you know inside and out, and you play against decks that you know inside and out, it's interesting, uh, or it's not as interesting. But you know, you do learn a little bit. But I got paired against a, a Lauren, and um, <laughs> you know now I'm looking at my sideboard like, uh, what's what's better between a Punishing Fire and a Swords to Plowshare? You know I, I can't tell you. You know they're both kind of meh, and those are the games I really think are are interesting when you're at these events that are that are large because you're going to see some weird decks. Yeah. Um, I think playing against uh, lands actually in that area um, was, was something that the night before I took out a loam and a surgical extraction, and I played them twice and I still won. And uh, <laughs> well, then you didn't need them, right? <laughs> I guess so. It didn't feel great. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I won, but I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and I even had a game where I lost a uh, night forgetting a tabernacle with a dice on my deck on top of that too to try to remind myself <laughs> to remember the trigger i still forgot i don't know how i did it that sounds like me oh stop <laughs> my deck for let me put it to the side let me draw my card let me move my knight of the reliquary into the graveyard <laughs> <laughs> it was totally sweet when that happened though for him i guess <laughs> so um another thing i thought was kind of interesting um I hadn't played a lot of Legacy in about a six-month period, but I've been keeping kind of fresh with playing uh, Hearthstone Arena. And, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, some Hearthstone cross-training? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'd say as, as much as I kind of knocked that game for, for kind of being 
very random and and I don't think having a lot of ability to control things I think the game just kind of usually plays out how it's going to play but tempo is so important in uh, arena and Hearthstone especially and I think I really kind of got more aggressive with this deck that is traditionally not seemingly aggressive you know so I think that that game actually as well as many other games I'm sure people play you know uh, really do help I think playing magic is big but the same way as a magic player when I go into a new field I feel like I'm like an expert I think it's the same way that if you were maybe a chess master you might run into magic and feel like real confident yeah for sure <laughs> uh so what's kind of your game plan with the deck uh well i guess just for our listeners too let's uh let's run down the the list real quick here sure so you know as a green sun zenith deck you're gonna have a lot of silver bullets but you you chose some uh pretty sweet four of so you got four mother of ruins mm-hmm. good good old mom <laughs> I would say facing a Mother of Ruins as a creature-based deck is probably one of the most annoying, you know, gameplay interactions I can think of. Like For sure. Yeah, like, when you're a combo deck, you don't give two shits about Mother of Ruins unless she's, like, protecting a Containment Priest or a Thalia you want to get rid of. Other than that, you just ignore her. But as a creature match matchup, she is your worst nightmare if she is untapped and active. <laughs> yeah, man, I think uh, just the other uh, podcast I was listening to with, uh, I believe it was Lawrence, um, he was talking about that red cyborg card or the colorless red Eldrazi oh, cyborg. Return? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, those type of uh, cards get you out of those headaches, and I think that uh, Mother really is a a meta shaper for sure. It it makes cards like that relevant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without Mother of Ruins, it's you know, Kozlik's Return might not see play because it's just a little bit too expensive. But with Mother of Ruins and other uh, you know cards that care about the colorless feature, it it just pushes it to the forefront. Oh yeah, and it's uh, it's it's one of those things that's subtle, but it's huge. Yeah. Uh, up next, we got four Knight of the Reliquary. Uh, I would say probably the best creature deck, creature in the deck. Yeah, man. Just, just that is a three mana win the game. Mm-hmm. Plus the four Green Sun Zenith. You're effectively running eight <laughs> copies of Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah, pretty much, and it, that 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 shuffles right back in. So you nailed it, man. You took the words out of my mouth. Yep, following up, we got three Deathrite Shaman. Was that just kind of like a shaving? You couldn't really fit, find room for the fourth, or is that conscious? Uh, I'd say it, it's it's a playtesting factor. I think uh, if you count Dryad Arbor, there, there's 26 lands in that deck. Uh, Maze of Ith and Dark Depths, I guess, would be hard to count as well. But there's a lot of lands um, that are in this deck, and I think... Um, Six mana dorks just just after testing it and after never having a bayou, um, I feel like <laughs> three just felt right. Okay, nice. Uh, three punishing fire. Uh, I f- I don't know if everyone just had a big meeting a couple of years ago and agreed on it, but I feel every time <laughs> I see a punishing fire list, everyone only runs three punishing fires, never four. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> It might have been my 61st card in a way, uh, but yeah, you know, I know what you mean. It's, it, I guess it's just you, you just don't want a handful of shocks, you know? That might yeah. be the only... And you'll probably draw one if you're a mid-range game, so... Or mid-range deck, you know? Yep. It, it's true. It's just, I feel it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy at this point. Every time someone looks up a punishing uh, base deck, 
they see three and everyone does three. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think three is is pretty staple. Um, I, you know, I've ran four uh, when when I didn't run Stoneforge Mystic when combo was huge, and I probably had no business playing that deck. Um, I ran two Jit and four Pun just to be like, I'm not running Mystic, so I'm just going to be able to always have Pun no matter what. Yeah. Uh, up next, we got three Stoneforge Mystic. Uh, another, you know, uh, tutor effect for the deck. Man, I imagine if Stoneforge uh, got color shifted to green. I think this deck would be so happy. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. E- ETB triggers uh, and... Um... Static effects are, are just so important in this format that, uh, you know, I, I wish I could have another card like that as an ETB trigger off Green Sun just, just to save myself from getting a one-for-one one with, like, a sword or a pun, you know? That's- yeah. And that's mainly there because you want to be able to suit up your, your small dorky guys late game and just kind of have it as a secondary win condition if neither Reliquary doesn't make it. Yeah, like, in my opinion... um Batter Skull would be like the card that you when, when you run Stoneforge and you don't run Batter. It's it's always weird, but some people do it. Um, but Batter Skull would be the Eldrazi Delver card. Um, mm. And as little as True Name Nemesis is in the format, and uh, I, I really think the Sword of Fire and Ice is almost in there for miracles in a in, a, in an odd way. As far as um, Jite is. Not a little underwhelming, and sword allows card advantage, which in this list at least I really don't have. You know, mm-hmm. and I mean I feel pro blue and red is very relevant in this format too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, red especially because your deck is it can be pretty susceptible to burn. A lot of your creatures at least start off pretty small, and then they have the ability to get big, but if you run them out too soon, they they could get burned away. For sure, I think Grixis has the ability to uh, hang in the uh, grind longer than, like, say, Rug Delver did, uh, you know, um, mm. that, that type of build. So, yeah, I think uh, having that protection is pretty big. Yeah. Uh, so, continuing on, we got two Quasali Pride Mage. You just kind of want access to that second second Pride Mage? Yeah, that that's a meta call, and I don't run the Decay, and I, I, I feel like there's an interesting thing i read a while ago where you can run really weird cards to help you in in matchups you know or you could run more of the cards that you know are already solid and and putting two of them in there i think is a prime example of just being like instead of trying uh crows and grip in my board and running something weird in the main deck to help me in the miracle or chalice battle i'd rather just run more copies of what i already know is good so you're right. kind of like on like the no fear plan, like a, like a dredge deck might be, where they they don't care about hate. Like you, yeah, if you draw the hate, you're gonna lose to it, but you're gonna make them make them play it. Like you're gonna play your game and make them play their game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and also just going for utility because you know you could board in a sideboard card and it doesn't do anything like Pat said, and then this Quasali Pride Mage is also potentially a three three beater with Exalted. So yeah. he's also not a bad clock on his own. He's he's like a Delver. <laughs> Yeah, he's not bad at all, and I, I kind of feel like uh, running, say, uh, you know, some people like two scavenging oozes, you know. I think if this were a uh, meta where lands and dredge were big, that that might be the the other version of, of running two pride mages in that slot. You know, it's just kind of about um, hedging towards what you know is, is going to be there. 
Right. So, yeah, this is where we're really getting into the silver bullet section where, you know, you can feel free to mess around with the numbers and just choose which one or whichever one you feel works best for your, your given meta. Yeah, you know, you might even want a second Teague main deck, which I've seen, or, you know, a, a, something odd like a Aven Mind Sensor, which I haven't seen in like two years or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Good old Aven Mind Sensor. I feel because if it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't green, if Aven Mind Sensor could be uh, Green Sun Zenith, I definitely would see it. I think we would still see it in the Maverick list. Yeah, just just uh, another one of those uh, silver bullet cards that, that, you know, you can't have two legends on the board, so it would be sweet to have. Right. I mean, that's that's the biggest problem is that, you know, you want to run these silver bullets, but you want to actually be able to find them. <laughs> uh-huh. It's huge, uh, man. Yeah. So going on the list, uh, we have Gaddock Teague. You know, that's just really there for the count of the combo matchups. Got to have one, you know. Yeah. Just uh, need it. Don't leave home without Teague. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we got Scavenging Ooze for the graveyard-based decks. Uh, a lone noble hierarch. Yeah, so I think that this is one of my favorite silly things about the deck. One bird and one noble. And oh, yes, yeah. I haven't even got to the single birds of paradise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, to me, is you never know what you're going to need. I, I've had games where I've searched for a bird so I can get through with a jitte, um, off an exalted trigger or something bizarre, or, or a jitte plus one counter. Um, I've had games where I needed a bird to paradise for black mana for zealous persecution or something. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and noble is the sort of card that I think uh, the you might you may get for the exalted or you know just just a more aggressive type card you may get in, in for the mana dork when you're playing against taxes, uh, especially because they don't have many fetch lands if any. Right, you're literally just finding it could be in an enchantment that just had exalted one, and you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's just a matter of of uh, getting the consistent mana through something that's not death right, mm-hmm. but also having like a unique ability. So that's why I'm running one bird and one noble instead of two birds or two nobles. You know. Gotcha. Uh, then we got the Stoneforge package of one jit. One Batter Skull, one Sword of Fire and Ice. Kind of already went over those. Uh, then, blurring the lines between the deck and the mana base, we got a single Dryad Arbor. For uh-huh. that green Sun uh, Tutor Target. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, for Utility Lands, we have three Grove of the Burn Willows, comboing it with Punishing Fire. That's kind of the uh, recursion <laughs> uh, engine. And, like... Uh, you know, that, that helps that happen all the time, you know? What, the uh, the life? Yeah, well, you get knight, and then you can get, uh, you know, if you have a knight and you have punishing fire in hand, you can get uh, a grove, and just that combo is just like... Oh, I, yeah, just find it at will. Yeah, and I, I just think that's why, uh, another reason why it's just so hard for me to, like, let go of this list. It's just too sweet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you can get whatever you want whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, then three wasteland. Um, how do you feel about you know four wasteland? Is there a reason you went down to three? Um, so if we were to take this deck and really break it up on a table, what you would see is that more cards. Like if you took the fetch lands out, mm-hmm. more cards tap for red than they actually tap for white. 
and there are three red cards in my entire deck. So what that infers is your fetch lands are going to be getting white sources. And um, it's one of those things that I really feel like when I look at the deck and I look at the uh, the list, it, it's it's almost like white is just like as important as green, but there's not enough white cards, so it just means you have to always get white. Gotcha. Okay. And so that's why I think... Um, I'm sorry, I lost why you asked a question, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kind of talking about the mana base, how you know you, you have a lot of three, has like three wastelands. Yeah, so... It's kind of like at that point, I think that uh, I'm mostly when I wasteland somebody, a lot of the time at least, I'm searching for that wasteland with a knight. I have control of the game because if I, if I waste you and don't have control of the game, um, a, as a mid-range deck, I'm not always really helping myself. Um, if I know you're screwed, then that, that's another story. But um, if, if I have, say, a Stoneforge Mystic out and then I hit your Tundra or, or I hit your Red Source or what have you, um, then there's something to it. So I think that this deck is really actually just trying to get to that point where you're winning and yeah. then you super win. And that's why I get crushed by Miracles a lot of times because <laughs> <laughs> they do that better. Right. Know? Exactly. So you're not like a tempo deck trying to starve your opponent on mana. You're much more using the Wastelands as kind of like strategical strikes. Yeah, you nailed it, man. I, I could search for them. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just play it from the hand and it's 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 excellent. But um, the mana base, I think, um, you know, that might be another 61st card or something like that. It's always, uh, it's always tough to tell, but I, I kind of feel like that's why I'm traditionally punishing Maverick lists, play three waste, and I... You know, I just adopted that in that way. Yeah. Uh, then kind of rounding it out, uh, we have three Wooded Foothills uh, for Dual Lands. We have two Savannah, two Taiga, one Plateau, one Bayou. Mm-hmm. Just Got one. S- just one Bayou. <laughs> <laughs> Got a single Basic Forest. Got a single Horizon Canopy. A single Caracas. A single Maze of Ith, and then the single one-ofs of Thesbian Sage and Dark Depths, just for that combo win. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the combo thing. So the combo decks have inevitability, and in a game two situation, they may uh, be able to remove your, your hate piece. So um, decisively being able to win the game by untapping with Knight twice, which, which is what that takes in this list, uh, unless you have one of the pieces already. Um, it is something that is really relevant in, against elves or against, um, you know, Eldrazi, uh, where you may get into a standstill, um, and Bug, even, which is, um, you know, going to, they're really susceptible to kind of getting into that standstill and then just losing to the 2020. Right. Um, Maze is Eldrazi and Delver, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, those combat tricks, especially now that Maverick is, is certainly not, uh, a common deck to see. Uh, people don't know that you may have a maze or not, and and they may do a very aggressive swing in combat, and then you could, if you have a knight, you could block with knight, uh, and then tap, and then untap their creature, and then that tempo they thought they have is 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 not there, you know. So Eldrazi, I'd say, is really the main reason why I think Maze of Ith and Dark Depths are are back in, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. So, um, Enlightened Tutor is a card that I used to run 
uh, in this list uh, in the board. And I feel like Enlightened Tutor is great in the combo meta, uh, but the silver bullets that you can get, such as Null Rod or Oblivion Ring, really seem awkward, even though cards like uh, Choke or um, Piffing Needle or, uh, geez, uh, Engineered Plague or something like that may be. You have these silver bullets, but they're not that great in this meta, is, is how I feel. So I went with a okay. Pyroblast list kind of instead for the, for my hate. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not traditional, I think, in, uh, in in this kind of list. I think most people not running Thalia would, would feel that running an Enlightened Tutor is, is a necessity. Right, because, I mean, you have Gattacteague and then Scavenging Ooze if it's a graveyard deck. But other than that, you don't really have that much ability to tutor up answers for the combos. Yeah, Shaman's a little slow, you know, and um, that's another one of those cards that, yeah, game one, you know, Shaman is, is, is great, but game two, he's not the sort of card as, as nearly as good as, like, a cyborg card would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think Scooze, uh, when you get the mana, can just be a total house against those decks. So um, I feel like Bog has been in every single one of my Maverick lists in the board of Juka Bog. <laughs> Um, as I just feel like, you know, this is a knight-centric deck, and, and that card's, you know, a good deal worse than Tormod's Crypt, I guess, but still pretty solid. Right. Well, I mean, knight, knight can find a Bajookabog, it can't find a Tormod's Crypt. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, man. So it's like off the top deck, you'd rather have the, the Crypt, but, you know, um, with a knight out, you certainly want that bog. Right, right. Um... So I, I don't have the Enlightened Tutor. I went with a very narrow hate package, and I think that uh, Ethersworn Canonist, uh, at least that week, was at an all-time power level. Uh, Lauren being in the meta with uh, Omniscience kind of being someone in the background, and, and Storm, I think, being one of the main combo decks people would, would, would try at this point. Um, and perhaps, I, I was bringing it up earlier, if that Reanimator deck... It's a little more play. We'll see. You know. The black red. No, I I've been actually talking to people all day about the new black red. I don't I don't even want to call it new, <laughs> just because it's been around, but it's popping up more and more. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I I think for me, I've, there's a few characters I, I remember playing a list like that, but you know, I I, I certainly can't recall uh, seeing it frequently. You know. Right. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely coming up. I actually played it myself this weekend uh, while I was at GP Providence. Was it fun? Yeah, I mean, I, it's been a pet deck of mine for a while. I I, I really like the black red versions, and uh, I called it uh, Collective Brutality <laughs> <laughs> Vindication. Good. <laughs> yeah, I think Collective Brutality brings a lot to that deck, and. Uh, I was talking to South Florida Magic uh, earlier today about this. Um, Collective Brutality, I feel, is much better for the black-red reanimator list than the blue-black one, because the blue-black list is already super tight with all the ponders and brainstorms and force of wills, where the black-red one was kind of looking for some better cards to play. You're certainly right, I think. I I, I feel like that reanimator list, um, if, if... Four years from now, it gets big. I think 55 of those cards are still going to be in there. You know, yeah. it's just really rock solid. Uh, maybe a new creature, but I think Sire of Insanity, which has been done before, but I think really well done in that deck, um, plays very well into that ramp strategy. 
and um, that other card, the uh, that new card that came out. Uh, oh, Collective Brutality? Yeah, because I think the discard outlets were, you know, faceless looting. Yeah. yeah, certainly. Yeah. Whereas, like, the blue blacklist, you know, I, I always hate it when people ran the hapless researcher. I just feel that card is so bad in that matchup <laughs> or in that, in that deck, but the people run it because they need the discard outlet. Uh, yeah. And, and so. perhaps uh, a chump block, maybe, too. Right, yeah, I mean, but if you're running a card for the purpose of chump blocking... <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's not the best outcome. <laughs> uh-huh. Not playing the win. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I definitely think the black-red list has legs, and I, I've said it numerous times, I, I think it's the best combo deck you can build for under $600 right now. It might actually even be under 500 depending on your builds. Yeah, you know that's that's pretty relevant. I th- I think uh, I'm fortunate enough that I that I bought a lot of the stuff now that I that I do want to play. But you know, mm-hmm. it's money is a thing when it comes to legacy. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, the black red list definitely very cool. Uh, think we'll see a bit more of it in the future. And I mean, it did just win uh, Europe's Eternal Weekend. Came in first place. Yeah, you know, I uh, showed it to a friend of mine who was uh, a combo player and uh he he seemed pretty charmed by it too um so i i think um well i'm curious to see if uh it catches on and becomes uh you know a big part of the format yeah i can see it happening (laughs) yeah you know only time will tell um mm -hmm. it just has to shrug off the stigma of being a budget deck (laughs) definitely yeah, like everyone looks at that deck and they're like, "Oh, you can't afford underground seas." <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, the deck's starting to come into its own right, and people now have a reason to play it rather than it just being, "I don't have access to underground seas, so I'll make do with this deck." Yeah, and and you know, some people uh, like myself, I I actually own the Miracle deck, and I, I do feel like that's that's got to be the best investment of your time as far as learning a deck and learning how to play it for the format, unless you think something's going to get banned. I, I feel like it's been the most uh, prevalent deck since 2013 to now as far as uh, putting up results consistently. And um, I, I've realized that at this point that if you want to beat the, that deck, you, you have to play non-creature permanent threats like, uh, well, Counterbalance or, uh, you know, um, Choke or, or a Planeswalker or, or Chalice of the Void, you know? Right. Uh, I think it's uh, one thing I, you know, after playtesting against that match and kind of wondering why a deck like Jund would do so well against it, but something like Maverick kind of struggles more. You know, you see mana dorks on top of Mom, on top of big creatures. I mean, you're just asking to get Terminus. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're begging for it. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, you have to play another threat, and I think equipments are, are, are a great way to answer that. I think uh, Taxes has had some success with the Aether Vial as far as getting around that, but uh, I, I think uh, Miracles has certainly shaped a great deal of the metagame as far as what, what you can and, and cannot do. Yeah. Um, Hear that, Watsy? Next time you're considering ban restricted announcements. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we'll see. I, I, I've, I think I've been emotional about uh, that, and I feel like, um, you know, when you think about it, uh, in a way, you're, you're going to upset people if you get crazy with the ban hammer and get hasty with it. And um, you like know, modern. I would love, <laughs> like yeah. what they do modern. It's like, oh, this is the most popular deck. Ban it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, which is which is weird that they did that like so quickly after they said this isn't approachable format anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel modern is an example in how to destroy a fan base 101. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta learn, you know. We'll yeah. Learn from that, I, hope. I mean, thank God they learned it with modern and not legacy. <laughs> yeah. My, my friend's still crying about Splinter Twin, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> he was, he loved that deck. Uh, I actually like it when it happens, because all the modern players come to Legacy and try and play the deck that got banned in Modern in Legacy. Like, right after Splinter Twin got banned, I saw all these, like, uh, uh, Patriot Splinter Twin lists pop up in Legacy running, like, Stoneforge J Splinter Twin. <laughs> <laughs> That's some silly stuff right there, man. You, you copy your Mystic or something. With oh, that. yeah! Like, even if you don't have the combo, you just like make a copy of Stoneforge Mystic, find another equipment, put the equipment back into your library with J Straws, make a copy, and they have like this convoluted engine for drawing all the cards. <laughs> but card advantage is card advantage. And then you just lose the storm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot I was I was playing against someone. I was just trying to draw as many cards as I could. Yeah. It was totally sweet though. You seen that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you guys saw what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> definitely uh, been there. Definitely. So I think uh, one thing is having some uh, trust in yourself as a player to uh, try something new. I think, um, you know, you've been trying something new, like you said, and I, I feel like um, going out there and being like, you know what, I do understand this game to, to a degree, or at least the format. And, and trying something that you haven't seen somebody else do, whether it be a sideboard card or, or a sideboard plan or, or, or an archetype, I think is uh, very important. I think that um, you learn more. Even when you make the mistakes, um, there's a list of mine that, if you looked up my name, it's, it's a horrible list. It's it, The mana base doesn't make sense. and It's like one of all the fetches that aren't blue and two of all the dual lands that aren't blue. and It just doesn't make sense, but I, I somehow top-aided a small event with it. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's running cards like Wasteland, Thalia, and Thoughtseize, and at that point, I'm, I'm like, wow, two forms of hate really beats combo. This is sweet. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of learned that then. And discard, win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even though I didn't crush it at, at events in a way, I think that those lessons as far as being like, what actually makes a mana base playable? Like, if you look at my mana base, every land in there is a forest, so I could fetch, uh, you know, like I don't run a plains as an example, because I want all my fetch lands to be able to get those things. And I think when you actually start seeing what a uh, successful mana base actually kind of looks like as far as being able to build one, I I think it's really important to get out there and actually try something. Whether or not you do it at a big event, that's that's different. But... yeah, hundred uh, percent. You you hit it right, the nail right on the head. When you start brewing decks, the hardest thing to figure out is creating your own mana bases, because uh-huh. pe- people don't realize how much of a crutch it is to rely on other people's mana bases in deck lists when you're net decking. For sure, and um, you know, mana curve is another thing that I think is uh, difficult to evaluate. I think um, uh, other games. Especially in Legacy, where mana curve is not always what it appears. It's like, Force of Will is not really a five converted casting cost card. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for some decks that maybe run um, ramp cards like Aldrazi, you know, that, that, that mana base probably looks crazy on paper, but really works. Right, exactly. Um, 
So I, I think that that's that's really big, and I, I feel like uh, you know getting in there and uh, going to the events and having a play test group is 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 really uh, you know before you even show up to the table is is so relevant. I've um, been fortunate that a good amount of close friends are are legacy players, and they really uh, take the time to play this crappy deck that I bring to the table and uh, <laughs> let me get the matchup experience and. I feel if I only had a test against like one deck for the rest of my life, Maverick would not be the worst choice. It's it's kind of like gold fishing with some interaction. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's kind of fun for them. I I, I think uh, it's it's new, but it, it does make me feel like whenever I go into a room and play somebody, I have more repetitions on the matchup. Well, because no one else is playing Punishing Maverick. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in a way. It, yeah, so if this deck were public enemy number one, and, and you know everybody were bringing a, a sulfur elemental or a cosmic return or, or what have you to to the de- to the board, then or, or to the matchup, I do think that my my success may not have been quite what it was. Um, as much as I want to believe that this list is completely solid and go out there and tell your friends to play it, uh, I do feel like not only is it somewhat of a hard list to play, I, I do feel like you you may not have uh, the same kind of success because of uh, some of the factors that come along with playing a really consistent deck like uh, Miracles or or something along those lines. Um, even Death and Taxes, I feel like, uh, will not give you the same kind of poop hands that this deck gives you. <laughs> um, most... I'm sorry, did you say poop? Poop hands? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a word, man. You can look it up. Uh... All right, I'll <laughs> take your word for it. <laughs> I'm not about to Google image that. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a term we use in the area. You know, nah, I'm, I'm being silly, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you get you get some hands uh, with with that. Where if you don't say use your grove to play your ma uh, to play your mana dork when you don't want to because you don't want them gaining life and you may not want to get wastelanded. If you use your fetch immediately, you may just lose the entire game because you needed to get a forest because everyone's playing stupid Blood Moon or <laughs> something. They may just waste you, and, and now that's your only white source because pretty much, like I said, at least in this list, uh, the fetch lands are really white mana. Yeah, looking at your mana base, it looks like you can get blown out by even an accidental wasteland. Your your opponent could just waste your bayou because they like the color of bayou without even realizing that they're taking you off black. Uh, with Completely. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's like another thing, like if this deck were everywhere, it might be a problem. But, you know, I, I haven't won too many games off of uh, the black mana kill, but it, it does come up um, and, and also... Uh, you know, against Storm or something silly, you might you might really want that uh, black mana to really interrupt them early. But it, it doesn't come up quite as often, and um, I feel like it's uh, one by you because I run birds or multiple death rights really does work well enough. You know, even though I want another black source, it's it's been mostly solid. Nice. Uh, well, Patrick, the neglected stepchild. <laughs> well, I, you know, it's it's like, you know, I was on a, uh, I guess on another podcast talking about Color Cell Draws, and you know... Oh, that, you're cheating I, on me again? I, you know, I love that deck. So, you know, I went on from like a, an hour-long, essentially, uh, monologue about the, about the, uh... About the deck, so I, I know you you enjoy punishing Maverick, so I wanted you to uh, get your 
get, get, get it out of your system now. Thank you. Yeah, no, you. I, I've been dying to talk about this and, and waiting for an audience to listen. And um, I, I feel like once you get a little bit of success, it uh, kind of bends people's ear a little more. And, um, you know, I, I feel like there are things to uh, to learn from uh, looking at other decks and Really, you know, you, you learn more listening, so I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I, I Honestly, one of the coolest things about having this podcast is that we can bring on people who, like you said, like ha- have success with decks, are passionate about them, and you can learn a ton about the deck. And, you know, even if you're not going to play it yourself, learning about why people are passionate about it, why it's fun to play, and also, like, you know, ways on how to beat the deck are also – it's all very relevant for any player, so – yeah, it turns out people don't take it as well when you call them up and ask to record their voice when you don't have a podcast. <laughs> I don't get it. Just yeah, think you're creepy or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say it again, but slower. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Uh, Pat, did you play any Legacy this week? Uh, I played um, on Magic Online. I played in the Community Legacy League on Wednesday. I actually streamed it um, on Twitch. And, uh, oh, we got a famous Twitch streamer in the house. <laughs> yeah, so, and actually, uh, a quick, uh, uh, an early scoop into Mishra's Photoshop, um, they helped me out with uh, an overlay for my stream, so now it's not going to be just, uh, like, a display, heads up, you know, heads up my monitor, screen cap, basically, and uh, my my face in the corner is actually going to have, like, a nice overlay to it, everything will be sectioned out, there'll be more information on there, so... I wanted to give them a quick scoop in. But, yeah, so I'll be streaming that uh, every week, every Wednesday, 8.30 Eastern. You guys can catch me on Twitch at uh, it's www.twitch.com slash Um You guys can find me on there. I know Lawrence Lawrence has been on there. Basically, every time I've streamed, Lawrence happens to be at work where he can just, like, hop on stream and harass me the whole time, which has been <laughs> pretty fun. Um, and it, streaming has – so streaming has the interesting thing of, like, it's, it's, so, um, it's so much more – it's not stressful per se, but it's very interesting to try to reason, <laughs> like describe your reasons for making certain plays, and like uh, like a, like a, it's like you're explaining so, yourself to an invisible friend. Yes, exactly. And, and, and a lot of these friends know more about the game than I do, so it's like they're like, no, you're just wrong, man. You're just wrong. That's not right. <laughs> so here here was a here was a good example. We were playing against um, we were playing against I think it was Hex Depths. And I had the option to either play Chalice for one or, like, wait a, wait a turn and play Chalice for two. And this was, like, mid-game, and I just, like, I was like, you know, we're going to play Chalice for one so we can try no, to land man. a threat next turn. <laughs> no, man. And, well, so that's, that's what – well, you say that, right? But this was, like, game two or three. But so you knew what they to, were doing. Well, you know, I, I know what they're doing, but let me finish. Let me finish. When it came down to it – I mean, they didn't have Hex Mage on board, and – uh when it came down to it, the way the the way the decklist the way the decklist that he runs works is that he has like four times as many one drops as he has two drops that are like relevant to his actual game plan. Uh, so the chalice for one is actually a better play, but like the, you know, in the end we ended up losing. Uh, I think he just played like you know uh, thespian stage dark depths copy and like swing you know what i mean so i mean hex depths didn't is matter just, no yeah it, <laughs> yeah you have this big 15 minute long debate and then they're like turn zero you <laughs> well yeah well so it didn't end up really even being that much of a debate like we kind of talked about it for like a minute or two i made the play and then we continued to talk about it for like the next 10 minutes which was actually really really fun and interesting and it, it just shows you how like in legacy especially how 
um, how much thought really needs to go into every play that you make because there really are reasons for everything that you do. You're not just like playing dues and, and swinging and turning them sideways. Like you are trying to make the optimal play every single time you play a card. So um, it was just a it was a cool little uh, um, cool little lesson on like how much thought should go into every turn and and how like there are so many gray areas even when you make the correct play like how there are so many gray areas into like well you know if we had played it for two or whatever the case is um but it was it was good so anyway if you guys want to see me fumble through a bunch of leagues on uh, magic online you can find me on twitch i'll, I'll usually post, post an update to the facebook page too and to my twitter so people know what i'm streaming but for sure you'll find me wednesdays at 8 30 on twitch I'm I'm just pumped you have an in with uh, Mishra's Photoshop. Uh, they were super awesome. I, 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 I I'm trying to not say it's a guy because I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. Um, but uh, ambiguous so, online personality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So a friend of mine turned me on to them. That was just like, hey, they helped me out with my overlay, and um, so I I contacted them up, and they were super super nice. I you know I basically came on come out of the blue asking them for a favor, and they they deliver for me so. Um, if you don't follow them on Facebook or on Twitter, please follow that page because not only are they awesome, they are hilarious. I know. I was just going to say they're hilarious. They're actually how I get my uh, magic muse because I see <laughs> what they're spoofing and then try to figure out what they're mocking. <laughs> like I just know that there's uh, some controversy right now with a rest in peace and miss triggers. Don't really know what it's about, but Mr. Photoshop made fun of it and I thought, thought it was funny. <laughs> I actually, there was, there was one time where I don't know if you like, like follow the professor from uh, Tularean Community College at all, but there was a picture of him at the airport, and he was just like, his head was back, he was just kind of like looking up in the sky, and his, his hair was all crazy, because he had been on like, you know, I don't know, he had been like a three-hour delayed flight or whatever, and I asked Mistress Photoshop to put them on top of the brainstorm art. <laughs> it, was, it came out so good. <laughs> I still get like, because so many people retweeted it, I still get random notifications like six months later about, about that picture. <laughs> But, That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, they are they are a true gem of the uh, the magic community online. So I would uh, I highly recommend checking them out, and not only because they were nice to me, but because they're just super funny. <laughs> yeah, at Mishra's Photoshop. Yeah, I uh, I did go down to GP Providence. Um, I was gonna play in the two thirty event, but um, Kate and Aaron were not able to stay for dinner. They had other things to do that night. So and Jerry, like you were you were you got up late, and you probably weren't gonna come down <laughs> I was anyway. Dying. Yeah, so. Like, <laughs> So, uh, so, you know, you abstained from going down to the GP. So I was like, oh, well, I, I was going to hang around and play a four round Swiss event by myself and like not hang out with anyone afterwards, you know? So I actually went down there. I hung out for a couple hours. Um, I hit up the vendors looking for like the, uh, the Japanese, um, singles for Eldrazi. I came okay. away with, I came away with one endless one. That's all there was, including, <laughs> including the, like TokyoMTG.com retailer had no <laughs> Japanese singles, so I was a little little bummed in that. So, um, but uh, it was it was a good time. Other than that, you know, I, I don't mind going down to Providence for the GPS. They're like super close, easy to get in and out of. Parking's like ten bucks, so it's fine. See, I, I just I quit while I was ahead. I woke up Saturday morning and I'm just like I'm I'm dying. <laughs> I don't need to go down there. <laughs> Is it because you were hungover, Jerry? I feel like it's because you were hungover. Uh, no, I, I I was I was reading the Bible late at night the night mm -hmm. before. That's what was going on. <laughs> okay, that'll okay. do it. Yeah, <laughs> Got dehydrated, just feeling the power. <laughs> how how was your uh, how was your um. 
your eternal extravaganza like uh it wasn't like a it wasn't a um a gpt but it was similar to that right because you got bias for it and stuff yeah so it was the it the most complicated name <laughs> grand prix providence eternal weekend trial plus event <laughs> eternal weekend or eternal extravaganza uh what's next week Ex- weekend Oh, yeah. it's weekend? Okay. It is weekend. Eternal Extravaganza was last week. Oh, okay. I don't, they really, need, they really need to come put, up with yeah. better different names for these things. Yeah, either different names or don't put them, like, so close to each other. Uh, <laughs> Eternal Extravaganza should be a week. Eternal Weekend should be a weekend. Like, if it's yeah. an extravaganza, it needs to be longer than three days. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyways, so it was a trial. So first place was two buys for Eternal Weekend, uh, $250 cash. Uh, second place was a thousand prize wall tickets, which, uh, worked out to about a hundred booster packs. So like two and a half boxes. Nice. Uh, and then going down through top eight, it paid down to top 32 out in points. Basically, I'm just going to call them booster packs because the prize wall was kind of shit. There wasn't really anything else I wanted. What, you don't want a giant Stoneforge Mystic card? Like, yeah. <laughs> or, or Stitchwing Scob? You don't want those? Like, the only things that I actually wanted were way too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had some original art. Like, I, I won the event, and I didn't even come close to being able to get to get the, the, those things. Yeah. Like, they had Black Lotus for 25 tickets now i'm not saying i should get a black lotus for winning one event but you know at least make it reasonable (laughs) that's something we got because it literally went you can get booster packs you can get stand uh or you can get like the the san diego comic con for winning like five tournaments worth of uh tickets yeah so basically your option booster packs and more booster packs yeah well uh I was uh, wondering if any of you guys actually ever had the uh, chance to play Magic in another country. No. I have heard that there's some crazy rules about it overseas. Have you played overseas? I was lucky enough to play in Japan uh, for fun at a at a big store. I think it's uh, Hallelujah, but I think they... they oh, Hallelujah! Did... Yeah, Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. I didn't want to be the one to say it. Home, <laughs> <laughs> that's their actual name. Yeah, no, it's just honestly, like their sleeves are so racist. <laughs> Have you seen those? Oh, I'll show you. Hold on. Yeah, but... I, I like it, it. It was a great experience, but it's it's, it's just tough to say. Like, is that not like super racist? <laughs> that is. Well, like... I have a shirt with that. Yeah. <laughs> A smiling sun with like little slits for eyes. Yeah, it's like like and like big front teeth, and it's like, oh, I mean, I bought them. I love them. They're great sleeves. I'm like, I feel like I shouldn't be using these. Yeah. It's worse Talk than like anime. This. It's worse than like big titty anime girls in the back of my cards. Those like, are the best. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, playing in Japan was pretty cool. Uh, I, I got to play at that store, and it's just one of those things about Magic where, you know, everyone knows the same game, and we didn't speak the same language, but we made it work. And, um, you know, I played against Dredge in another language and made it work, as complicated <laughs> as it sounds, you that know? Cool. It doesn't really work in English. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's always bizarre. Yeah, um, so is, like, the prize structure weird in Japan? Is there, like, certain rules on to what they can and can't? Because don't they have, like, strict gambling laws that kind of bleed over into magic? Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, that that's probably kind of what happened. Um, I, I, I got into a daily $5 event, 
um, three rounds, and then if you go two and one, I think you get something. But I think if you go three and zero oh or two zero oh and one, I think you get better. And I went uh, three and zero, oh, which was which was sweet. And um, I uh, got packs of uh, Japanese M14, I think, and was trying to sit, articulate. I don't want these. Can I get something <laughs> else? <laughs> no, <laughs> was like pretty much. What what happened after the exchange? And um, I, I think uh, that there is something to that. Uh, another thing that they did, which I thought was pretty cool, is they actually take their sideboard out at the beginning of the game and they show you that they have 15 cards uh, sleeved, you know, face down, of course. Um, so that way they know that you don't have a 16th card in there and you're trying oh. to, you know, do something. Oh. So it's so. like common courtesy to present your sideboard as well. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I think they might have even been counting their deck out to make sure it was actually 60 cards and not 59, too. I think that they actually do kind of have, like, a, a, a policy kind of about that. And I think I just – I showed them my sideboard, but I definitely didn't count my deck out in front of them because I, I didn't like pile <laughs> shuffling. So. Man, I, I would never survive over there. They would all know I had run 61 cards in every match. <laughs> <laughs> they know you're something weird then, you know? It's just, definitely not Storm. But, yeah, so GP Providence, uh, I ended up splitting the finals uh, with my buddy Zach Bash. He was on Death and Taxes, and I was also feeling the punishing fire love with... uh, (laughs) Everything okay? (laughs) I'm glad you're bringing it up, man. I wanted to ask you more about it. Are you were you mixing a drink there? <laughs> <laughs> just just turned like cracking ice and like ka-ching, ka-ching. Oh boy, I don't know what's going on. I dropped something. That's probably it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been uh, wanting to learn more about that, man. I uh, I, I feel like uh, I've been seeing people play uh, a list that that may actually be what you what you're talking about there, or maybe yours is different. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I think I know the list you're talking about because I was inspired. Uh, I so I saw the punishing thing in the ice list uh, start to pop up in the Japanese and European top eight reports. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Um, there's two guys uh, who I'm a failure and didn't look up their names prior to it, but there's one in Belgium and one in Japan who have been playing this list, and they've actually top eighted. I think between them four or five uh, decent sized legacy tournaments. Uh, so I decided to uh, see if it had legs over here, and uh, I kind of made a little change or two uh, to my list because I I can't just ever just straight net deck something. I always have to add. <laughs> what's wrong with what's wrong with net decking, man? It's great. I need to, I need to add that Jerry flavor in there. <laughs> Makes it yours. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm running three thing in the ice, big daddy flip, uh, three mm-hmm. snap. Age, one Vendorian Click, one True Name Nemesis, one Bedlam Reveler. Holy shit, Bedlam Reveler is amazing. Yeah, Seriously, man. Card. That's become a two of in a lot of the uh, Blue Red Delver decks as well. Yeah, it's just so... Like, it's good in the Blue Red Del- Delver decks, but it's even better in uh, this list because you have so many cards that you don't even care about discarding, like Punishing Fire and Life from the Loam, and also the fact that you're running Snapcaster Mage makes discarding any instants or sorceries, you know, much easier to swallow. So this deck, Bedlam's Reveler Downside, basically doesn't exist. Also, 
pretty much every time I played him, I didn't even discard any cards because I was already out of cards. Maybe bump him to a second if he could afford the uh, the double red. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like he he was he was the card that I always wanted to top deck in every stalemate. It's just like he was the one I was praying for. Yeah, it's card sweet. Yeah. yeah. Treasure Cruise was good, so. Yeah. Heritage <laughs> <laughs> Sister Recall was good. <clears throat> yeah, pretty solid, dude. Yeah. Uh, then going on to the spells, I am breaking the Punishing Fire rule. I'm running the four play set of Punishing Fire in this list. Uh, You're a rebel, dude. No, it's all good. I see that too. (laughs) I I mean, at its core, the deck is a counterburn deck, and you just want to be able to get Punishing Fire all the time so that you can take those counters off Thing in the Ice whenever you want. I think you're uh, you're onto something with that build too, because that does sound really sweet with that recursion, you know. Right, like it's it's terrible having Grove of the Burn Willows and not punishing. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. Then rounding out the burn, I'm running four lightning bolts and the Patrick Uglo special uh, single chain lightning. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's been altered to say instant. There you go. Well, that's how you play it, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> The only uh, downside of that card should be the double red, like, they throw it back at you. There should be no sorcery to the downside of that card. So, you're doing it right, Jerry. It should just be errata. That's what you're doing. You're just, you're, it's a grassroots movement to errata the card. You're right. I'm with it. Uh, then we got four Force of Will, just because Force of Will is pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, two Spell Pierce and a single Counter Spell rounding out the Counter Magic Sweep. Um, I don't know how I actually feel about Counterspell. It was really good in certain matchups when I could just hold it up and just say no to anything. But I actually found getting double blue early on was pretty difficult with this deck. Yeah, that might be one of those cards that, like, when you break the deck off the sideboard and you go, all right, I want five cards out for taxes and five cards in and six cards out for miracles and six cards out back in, like, that might be a card that you eventually cut or find that it's in there for something of the sort, you know? It just right. fits. Yeah, maybe just move it to the sideboard. Um, then I'm running four <laughs> Ponder, four, four Brainstorm, because I'm a blue-red counterburn deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seems right. Uh, yeah, you know, just, I'm running blue. I should run four Ponder, four Brainstorm, four Force of Will. That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the Planeswalkers, I got two Dak Faden and two Jace the Mind Sculptor, oh, and wow. I honestly don't know which one I like better. Both are so good in this deck. Uh, Dak Faden is insane with Punishing Fire Grove of the Burn Willows, because if they don't have any creatures out that you want to burn away, you just return Punishing Fire to your hand with Grove of the Burn Willows, activate Dak, Discard Punishing Fire to do it again next turn. Dak Faden turns into plus two, draw two cards. Oh, boy. Yeah, that fourth <laughs> pun seeming pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. So that's also, yeah, ex- like you said, that's a reason to run four Punishing Fire. Um, but also, like, his minus two was relevant all day. Like, I played Shardless Bug, and I was stealing his Baleful Strixes and Shardless Agents. Uh, I played Death and Taxes, and I stole his Aether Vial so I could put uh, True Name Nemesis <laughs> into play at instant speed, because it already ticked up to three counters. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so Dak Faden really held his own in this list. And, you know, people have been trying to make him work in various legacy lists, but he hasn't really stuck anywhere. But this is the first deck I've played where Dak Faden was just amazing. 
That's good to hear because I I feel like when you read that card, a uh, three manner three mana blue walker that you know has a win condition just to seem solid, you know. Yeah, I I feel I'm trying to I I want to make his ult work so bad. I actually got Dak Faden up to nine loyalty over the course of this tournament in one game, <laughs> and I'm just like. I'm not even gonna bother ulting. It doesn't do anything. Like all my all my targeted spells are burn, and all his creatures are small enough that they're just gonna die. To the <laughs> there's there's no point ulting Dak here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would hope in any game that you had him up to nine, you already won. But but who knows, you know? <laughs> uh, so surprisingly, this deck actually plays as a control deck. Like it felt like playing miracles almost. Like you're just controlling the board countering anything that you can't burn away and then once you have a strangle grip on the game that's when you start deploying thing in the ice that's when you start putting uh planeswalkers down uh and that's when you can kind of start turning the punishing fires and uh, you know and burning away the, your opponent's face yeah i think uh in a lot of ways they 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 lose before they lose you know yeah <laughs> i did not get very many bathroom breaks with this deck I <laughs> In fact, I am so glad that me and my fifth round opponent drew into top eight, because otherwise I wasn't going to be able to eat, and I was going to go, I think, like 12 hours without eating over the course of a Magic tournament. That's the worst. That is not a a way to win a tournament. (laughs) Certainly not, you know. I I, I think... I, I bet you that at the higher levels, those guys are, like, grabbing each other lunch. Like, one jerk just plays, like, Storm or Char Belcher, and just the Aaron guy, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Every single time I've top-aided a major event, I've had friends with me who have gotten food for me, and without them doing that, I probably would not have done as well as I've done. For sure. It's just, it's just like a war of attrition, you know? It's crazy when you think of it, you, <laughs> you know? just got to war, war, wear out the people who don't have friends in, like, a pit crew. <laughs> yeah. That's why they have teams, you know? Yep. Uh, And then getting into the spice, my little personal additions to the deck, uh, I'm running a Life from the Loam main, just because Life from the Loam with Dak Faden and Jace the Mind Sculptor plays out really, really well, and you don't really mind milling away your your Punishing Fire or your Grove of the Burn Willows, since Life from the Loam can just bring them both back. Uh, Cool combination with the Brainstorm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, just brainstorm, just uh, deck fade in two, you, you can, you know, mill three, return life from the loam to your hand, then draw another card with deck fade in. Uh, it, it, it just has, like, a lot of play, and also just the fact that the deck does run uh, three wastelands, so you can just set up to go for the wasteland hard lock in the long game. Yeah, good option. Uh, you can't, can't do that in Miracles. No, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, when you wasteland out miracles out of the game and they have, like, two islands and a planes in play, and that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a good feeling. Uh, And then the real spice of the deck is I'm running two surgical extraction (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I mean, what's this, like, Dredge and Vintage or something? I don't know. That's, That's aggressive, man. Yeah, I was thinking about because I ran kind of a, a more traditional list of the Punishing Thing in the Ice uh, deck, and I just found myself wanting more instant speed ways to flip Thing in the Ice. Uh, and Surgical Extraction being Gitaxian Mana, uh, you know, Gitaxian Black, and Instant Speed meant I had another card that I could play for free anytime I wanted in order to catch my opponent with a Thing in the Ice flip. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I think 
So uh, I guess maybe the the giant growth card might be like another possibility. Then I guess uh, not saying better or worse, but uh, yeah, that's survival or maybe yeah, something. Exactly. That's kind of what I was looking for. Is I was looking for free instance that I could play that weren't counter spells because counter spells are still reactive even if they are instant speed and free. Yeah, you can't daze nothing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with the surgical extractions, I also felt they kind of felt like a uh, Gitaxian probe on crack because I severely underestimated the value of just being able to look through your opponent's deck game one, see exactly what their deck is, and be able to sideboard that much better. Or game two, see what sideboard cards they bring in against you. <laughs> that is that is not like that is not a small edge you can gain there. Right, and I mean, you don't draw the card like you do with Gitaxian Probe, but the added bonus is Surgical Extraction by itself can just wreck certain decks. Mm -hmm. Yep. You could like, even get lucky and hit hit somebody a card in the hand if you have a probe or something like that. Oh yeah, you know? against against Grixis, he mm -hmm. went Volcanic Islands Ponder turn one. I went Wasteland Surgical Extraction and oh, took oh, 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 red oh, oh, oh. for the rest of the game. Yeah, <laughs> and like Volcanics are usually they're running like a three of Volcanic, two UCs and one Trop. So you just cut them off a lot of mana sources, especially if you get another Wasteland. Yeah, that uh, is sweet. Against Charless Bug, it was relevant. Um, I realized versing Charless Bug that Tarmogoyf was going to be the only card I really had to worry about. All the other creatures in Shardless die to Punishing Fire, and Planeswalkers can be pecked away with Punishing Fire as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saved my counter magic and was able to get some lucky counters on Liliana's and Jace's, so it worked out, but... Tarmogoyf was the only thing I was really worried about, and what I actually ended up doing in one of the matches was... Punishing Fire at Tarmogoyf, Lightning Bolt at Tarmogoyf because it had five toughness. It died. I Surgical Extractioned his Tarmogoyf, and for the rest of the game, I burned every single creature he played with Punishing Fire until nice. I had seven cards in hand, played Thing in the Ice as a block, played Jace, and just won the game from there. Oh, that's nice. So... Surgical Extraction, if you get a lucky counter spell and are able to get that key card in the graveyard, if you take a deck's win condition, that deck won't be able to win. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Like, that one guy is going to play you, he's playing Dredge or Reanimator, and you're going to turn one Surgical, and he's like, just my luck! You know? <laughs> oh no, that happened. I played the Black Red Reanimator deck in this tournament. <laughs> oh, man. I was waiting for the judge call. Uh, judge my opponents using sideboard cards. <laughs> and he's lying to me about it, too, to make it worse. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, then for the mana base, it's three volcanic islands, one tropical island, just so you can have a fetchable green source, uh, four grove of the burn willows, three islands, because I ain't scared of no blood moon. Mm -hmm. uh, three wastelands, four misty rainforest, three scalping tarn. Honestly, they, those could be literally fetch. It doesn't matter what fetch it is as long as you can find blue. Yeah, don't don't want to get surgical. Got to run one of each or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I wanted to go like uh, real into it. That that's uh, that that would be the way, real way to do it. Yeah, you know, uh, f find some room for some other bizarre thing. Like you'd see rug running a uh, wooded foothill sometime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so it was supposed to be a huge event, but, you know, it was capped at 226 players <laughs> and 20 people showed up. 
<laughs> yeah, because it well, was a Friday in the middle yeah. of the day. It's like well, figure that legacy players have jobs. Yeah, like, we play real cards. Like you need to have a job to buy them. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I took the day off work, and like I woke up Friday morning, like man, I could just sit in and then just go down the GP and hang out with people and not play. And then I'm like, oh wait, it's Friday at noon. It's gonna be a light field. I should enter this tournament. <laughs> yeah, what a smart, smart move, man. Um, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Like, uh, you know, guaranteed payout, so I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I feel like the best day to do that is like Sunday, because yeah. like the GP is going to be a little bit smaller because you know obviously you have your cut to your cut for day two. So mm-hmm. like, run your your possibly large legacy event then. Don't run it on Friday. Like that just seems like a bad move. Well, by them. they won, They ran one every day. They ran one Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, they did. Yeah. Damn it. But, I mean, I don't know why they didn't just run it later in the day. <laughs> oh, you know, I knew they ran one on Saturday. I couldn't go because Liam had soccer. That's what it was. Because it was yeah. one at, like, 1030, right? I'm, I'm telling you, man, that's why you got to lose these kids. Just <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> pick them you up got the right top. idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I was happy. It was guaranteed payout to top 32. So even if I lost every single match, I was still getting prize. <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, and you got a Stoneforge Mystic, uh, a promo Stoneforge Mystic just for entering. Did you get the playmat, too? I did, but it was a random playmat from TJ's basement. <laughs> uh, was it, like, one they found, like, some player left in their basement? Because <laughs> they literally, their game floor is literally a basement. They're just doing spring cleaning, and, like, they found a closet <laughs> of old playmats. Like, all right, get those playmats out to the side event. It's got, play. like, sauce stains from pizza on it and stuff. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. So What uh, I... they give you? Yeah, it's some random dragon. I... Oh, it was, like, uh, the GP Providence Twin playmat. <laughs> Pretty sweet. <laughs> you were there. You know. I'm actually kind of annoyed because I save all my GP playmats that I play in as like a memory, and now I'm gonna have this one. I'm just like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus, gotta change your life, you know. That's pretty Days, funny. total weeks are missing, you know. Yeah. But I ended up running the field. My only loss all day was actually to Aluren. And it was the only game I dropped all day. I two owed every other match besides Aluren. Wow. Well, I am, it's a weird deck. Yeah, I am loving this Punishing Fire list. Like, <laughs> so I, like, round one beat Charles Bug 2-0. Infect, I beat round two 2-0. That wasn't even fair. Oh, my God. Punishing Fire, Lightning Bolt, Snapcaster. Yeah. Like, Infect didn't stand a chance. No, they're not going to win that game. Aluren, I'm kicking myself because I could have won that game, and I punted so bad. Like, even having written an article about Aluren explaining the combo, I still missed the opportunity to interrupt the combo in the middle of a match. You're the man, dude. <laughs> like, it's, it's like so nerve-wracking, and I'm, like, watching it so intently, and, like, I'm making him go so slow. And, like, this is how it went. He goes, like, recruiter of the guard. I'm like, okay. Recruiter of the guard. Okay. Recruiter of the guard. Okay. Arctic Merfolk. Uh, okay. Return Recruiter of the Guard. Uh, okay. Play Recruiter of the Guard. Uh, yep. Fine Cavern Harpy. Shit, I missed it. I was like, I still missed it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so hard. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> well, if he already has three recruiters, does it matter if you don't let him get yeah. Cavern Harpy? Like, there is one instant where you can uh, interrupt the combo, uh, because what you have to do is, while Recruiter of the Guard is on the stack, mm-hmm. so after he 
past recruiter of the guard, but before the trigger to find Cavern Harpy has resolved Mm -hmm. is when you have to do Punishing Fire or Burn or just kill the Arctic Merfolk. Because once Cavern Harpy is in his hand, he can play Cavern Harpy at instant speed and also use Cavern Harpy's ability to pay one life and return Cavern Harpy at instant speed. Yep. Uh, that he can kind of circumvent any time any throw at him. Uh, part of the casting cost to return. That's why yeah. you can't. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That part of the casting cost is to return the card, so it's like a super interrupt. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you can't do anything about that, but die. So I that was game three. So I could have won that match if I hadn't punted. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I do that all the time, and I, I feel like that's the mindset thing to where like. There's probably a range of which of high level play you're going to be at, and sometimes for some moments you're going to be at the tip top, and other moments you're gonna you're gonna forget, you know, the the silliest thing, you know. Yep, exactly. Or sometimes you're going to name Cabal Therapy with Cabal Therapy, <laughs> or Pithing Needle with Pithing Needle. Or right there. <laughs> pithing Needle with Pithing Needles, G. I mean, that's 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 pretty awesome, man. That's pretty bad. I, I've named the Lion's Eye Diamond and no known better, like in my head. <laughs> oh, but just yeah. thought it would be nice to shut that down too, you know. Yep, yeah, actually. With your suggestion, Pat, I added Phyrexian Revoker to the sideboard because Phyrexian. Oh, nice. Phyrexian Revoker's a horror, so mm-hmm. it doesn't get flipping in the ice. <laughs> and I was playing Death and Taxes, and I keep this close to slamming Phyrexian Revoker and naming Rashad in port. <laughs> 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 I read the card. I, I used my literary skills, and I read the card. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> doesn't work <laughs> but sometimes the power of suggestion makes those things work that and, is true uh, that is true yeah i yeah. get you there have been people who like piping needled a um uh, uh what is it metal worker yeah like piping needle metal worker and the metal worker player is like oh there's a piping needle on it guess i can't activate my metal worker yeah <laughs> worth a shot i guess if we're gonna die anyway you know <laughs> hey every every hour go for every out <laughs> Yeah, play your outs exactly. Play your outs exactly. Their mistake is your out. That's that's a bad situation to be. Yeah. Um. So then round four, I played black red reanimate. Um. I'm running surgical extraction main, so that's how that matchup went. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Uh. Round five, uh, I split with my opponent, but I actually ended up playing him in the top eight, so it worked out. Uh. Top eight, I played death and taxes. And oh my god, this matchup took forever. We played one game, and it lasted for about an hour. Jeez. Oh gosh. The reason we played one game is game one, I get my opening hand. It's garbage. Throw it back. Trust. It's it's garbage. Throw it back. Garbage. Throw it back. Garbage. Throw it back. I keep my four. (laughs) My four is like... Island Ponder Vendillion Click True Name Nemesis. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I go Island Ponder, pass the turn. My opponent draws their card, and they raise their hand, call the judge over because they drew a sideboard card. Oh, man. So I got a game win. Game, uh, win. On a uh, mold of four, one. you did it, man. <laughs> <laughs> the magic gods giveth and they taketh away. <laughs> That's exactly it, man. That poor guy. So I felt really bad for him, but uh, we ended up playing the second game, and the second game 
went forever and it was actually a really really fun match of magic because it was just like a slugfest he got me down one life got me down to one life and i stabilized able to just keep punishing fire i able i fought through a sword of fire and ice and a thalia with a caracas and an aether vial on two and what do you even do about that like (laughs) i sandbagged my one of crozen grip that's in my sideboard i sandbagged it uh for about 12 turns waiting for the sword of fire to come out (laughs) there it is man you played your outs then because that 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 caracas and thalia even with a pun just sounds like a nightmare man yeah, so uh, talking it over, um, we kind of both felt that uh, the de- my deck was the favored in the matchup, but it's not a match you want to play, especially in the Swiss. Like, thank God it was top eight. If we had played that matchup in the Swiss, I, we definitely got a draw. Well, y- your deck sounds like you could lose to your best matchup because of it being a weirdo deck, and you just don't get the right combination of cards, too, you know? So... I think it has a high level of power, and if you pilot it properly and, you know, you, you fetch an island because you need to fetch an island and you make those right choices at those right times, the potential's there. But I think you can very easily mess up and throw an entire game away with a with a deck like that, you know? That happened in, uh, almost happened in the semifinals, actually. <laughs> what I, what I learned is that, uh, there are some hands that may look good on paper, but are actually garbage in practice. <laughs> Um, like, like, I, like, uh, Island, Fetchland, Punishing Fire, uh, Ponder, Snapcaster Mage ended up just, like, doing nothing because I wasn't able to find the Grove of the Burn Willows to go with the, uh, Punishing Fire. And the last thing you want to do is Snapcaster Mage a Punishing Fire <laughs> for value because then it's exiled and you can't use it anymore. <laughs> oh, that's extra awkward. Yeah. yeah. And, and those all sound like great cards. Just right. Just- like, all these cards individually are great, but together, the deck just kind of spazzes out and flails its arms. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, uh, that's a hard hand to probably look at and be like, I don't want it, throw it away. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, there were, like, three other cards. I can't really remember what they were, but they ended up not being very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so after Death and Taxes, I played Grixis Delver, uh, which was the same player I drew with in the Swiss. Uh, and this one was also, uh, fairly easy. I think it was actually even easier than, um, uh, Charless Bug, because Charless Bug at least has Abrupt Decay. I found out Grixis Delver doesn't really have an answer for Thing in the Ice. <laughs> like, That's a good point. Yeah, like, all day, my thing in the ices were eating swords to plowshares or abrupt decays, and I didn't really ever win with thing in the ice. It was just the boogeyman that kept my opponent's attention while I beat them with other cards. (laughs) Uh, But against Grixis, they just did not have a way to answer it. I punishing fired away their young pyromancers and their snapcaster mages, flipped flipped thing in the ice, and just swung in and and won the game with it. Yeah, that, uh... That card, I think, uh, I've played against it a few times, and it, the power level is just insane. Yeah, it, it de- it's one of those cards that demands instant attention, and what this deck specializes in is just using it to buy time. You don't even have to win with it. You just need to distract your opponent long enough for you to stabilize with Punishing Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I would think Delver would kill you faster, so I, I thought you'd be uh, worse against that than Shardless, you know? Yeah, no, Delver was actually a breeze. 
Um, oh, I will say I skipped over it, but my highlight of the entire tournament was I beat Black Red uh, Turbo Reanimator with mm-hmm. a Jace Ultimate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, not even because I was being mean. It was like that was literally the best way to win the game. <laughs> you got to kill them eventually or they'll kill you. So you got to exactly. do what you got to do. I just, I couldn't find another win condition. I just, I had all the protection and a single Jace, and as soon as I slammed Jace, I just started ticking him up. <laughs> because I wastelanded his only land, and my goal was just to make sure he did not draw another land for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't see it too often, but I, I do think that that's kind of a, a mistake you'll see with a lot of people, kind, kind of not realizing that against those combo decks, you can't just unlimitedly draw counter spells. They, they might just get something through and kill you. Yeah. Oh, no. It's happened to me plenty of times. I've lost a combo with an active Jace out drawing cards all the time because they find combo pieces faster than you find counter magic, even with the extra draws each turn off Jace. Yeah, they're just dedicated to do that. So, uh, yeah, you, you, you do have to put that game away. And I think that's what makes uh, that, that tempo, understanding that, I think, is really what makes a pro player from just like a good player. Right. And then in the finals, when I got went up against my buddy Zach, uh, he was also on Death and Taxes. Neither of us wanted to play that matchup because he watched me play my matchup against Death and Taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so we decided to split. Uh, so we both walked away with like $125, uh, 50 packs of Kaladesh. And then, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. He, Zach ended up taking the buys because he was thinking about going to Eternal Weekend where I knew I was just not going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that that's something that I think in another world, you know. But I, I feel like if I did push myself to that, I feel like by the middle of it, I'd be like, get me home. You know? Yeah. Places yeah. eight well, hours away. That's the thing. Well, also, like, when me and Zach split, we're looking, it's like, why fight? So winner gets two buys and $250. Loser gets 100 packs of Kaladesh. <laughs> why yeah. don't we just not play this game and split it down the middle <laughs> and we both walk away very happy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. like first and second were pretty much of equal value did you hear that oliver to you got like dq'd for like uh some kind of shadiness offering a split i think it was a, i don't know if it was a gp providence or not but <laughs> oh my god yeah we we had, like, the judge with us, and we're like, hypothetically, if I was going to ask you how to hypothetically request a split without getting DQ'd, and the judge was like, guys, don't worry, I'm not a prick. Yeah, you guys want to split? Yeah, here we go. Right down the middle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank boy. You. Thank you for not being one of those judges who is, like, a white knight, and it's their moral, uh, you know, agenda to stop prize splitting. <laughs> it's so weird, too, because like I, we were talking about that on the way home from GP Columbus, how... Like how gray and shady that whole situation is, and like, and judges disagree. Like, they're yeah. camps. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think I think Oliver too got DQ'd out of the top eight because I think he had a, a judge heard him mention the words PayPal, and that was enough to get him DQ'd. <laughs> Trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> oh apparently. gosh. So yeah, I don't know the whole story, and I can't say whether or not he was in the wrong, but it just seems to me like. If you're a plat- platinum level pro and you know exactly the words to say, or you're like a grinder who's just trying to make it on and you don't know the right words to say, and like one of you can circumvent punishment and the other one can't, it seems like it's like there's room for improvement there, you know? For sure, I think it punishes the uh, the new guy, and and yeah. I've been punished that way. Uh, yep. Luckily, the guy that that happened with just gave me the land because he's the man, and I'll never yeah. forget it. 
But, uh, you know, that was, um, they, they, they kicked me out because I, I said it like a stupid dude. I said something like, you help me, I help you. And, you, know. <laughs> you scratch my back, you get in the back of my Chevy Camaro, got the leg room in the trunk. What, what kills me is that, like, you know, it's just, it's really awkward. And, like, if a brand new player is at an FM and, like, you're in the last round, like, oh, you just want to roll and see, like, see who wins, like, that could get a brand new player DQ'd. And that's something that could be, like, very easily, like, very easily happens. Probably happens every week at, a, at an F and M. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It's, just, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. It is. But it worked out. I was happy. I started crack. Yeah, started cracking some of the packs because uh. <laughs> I I'm sitting on so many boxes. I'm waiting to draft, and no one ever wants to draft. And so I'm just opening these packs because I have enough drafts to run like eight eight drafts before I run out of packs. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Good you, for you. You open any inventions yet? No, not good for me. It means I just don't have any friends. Fine <laughs> <laughs> there, I'd play with you. <laughs> Every time people come over, I'm like, you guys want to draft? Playtest Legacy? Ah, uh, fine. <laughs> really? Oh, man, I would love... I, that's the problem. Is like, I don't have any buddies who live nearby who play Magic. It sucks. Uh, come, come to Boston, man. Come to Boston. Okay. All right. Well, in one of my first packs, I opened up uh, Shahali Rai. The oh, blue Sahili? red plate, Sahili Rai. Yeah, yeah. How much play is that seeing? Remember Zero? how? Yeah, remember how everyone was saying, "Oh, what a great planeswalker it is," and I'm like, "This card's terrible." I didn't say it's a good planeswalker. I said Chandra was a good planeswalker. I remember you saying uh, favorable things about Shahili Rai. <laughs> I don't think I did, and I doubt you remember that because you can't even say her name properly. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll allow it. it. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, why would you want this? I, I, no, this card is terrible. I never would have said this is a good card. Scry, scry one, deal of damage. I know, I I opened her up, I'm like, oh, I got a Planeswalker, awesome, she's probably worth money. Nope. (laughs) Yeah, like, the only way this is any good is in, like, a a deck, fate, and artifact deck. But I don't play those decks, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) Uh... Maybe she'll she'll have her day in the sun one she, day. She's selling for near mint five dollars and fifty cents on uh, TCG Player. So five dollars and fifty cents, awesome. Buy them out. <laughs> I actually have a rule: if a planeswalker goes below five dollars, I'll buy it on site because no planeswalker stays below five dollars, other than Tibalt. <laughs> that every everyone should just know that statement comes with the asterisk of except Tibalt. Two <laughs> like, mana walker, they could not make that work. I know. Uh, I'm looking at I'm looking at Sahili Ryan. I'm looking at Dovin Bond. They're both under six bucks. Yeah, once they fall below five dollars, they'll bounce back up. I mean, like. Uh, I don't think they. I don't. I think this set might be never like forty dollar cards, but yeah. they'll from like five dollars to ten dollars just because pl- casual players love planeswalkers. I was they gonna say, is it the casual appeal? You think? Yeah. So they they don't they never care what they don't care what the planeswalkers does. They just love planeswalkers. So once it falls below five dollars, you buy them. Then it hits ten fifty dollars for the for the older ones, and then you can cash them out. Uh, what, what was it emo Jace? Yeah. Multiple emo times with emo Jace. Emo Jace would get printed. He would go down to five dollars. You buy him at five dollars, and then you'd sell him at fifteen. And every time he got reprinted, I repeated the strategy. <laughs> I like emo Jace. You know, he gets sad when you put him at five dollars. It gets even more yeah. emo. Exactly. <laughs> I actually wrote an article featuring emo Jace, and I called him emo Jace in the article. <laughs> yeah, they were going for that. 
Yeah, they were. It's all in the hair swoop. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually wrote about the punishing uh, thing in the ice list coming out uh, last Tuesday for our listeners. So that's on Hipsters of the Coast. If you, anyone wants to see a more in-depth tournament report and the actual list. Sure, man. I think uh, I, I, I'm hoping that there's a thing in the ice stack somewhere in the format consistently. I, I just think it's just such a cool card and punishing fire with thing in the ice. It's, uh, you know, doesn't sound practical in some ways, but sounds so sweet at the same end, you know? Yeah, I've actually noticed Thing in the Ice has been creeping up in price. It's up to $10 now. Oh, glad I got mine. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself for not getting the sweet promo foily ones. Ah, uh, foils are garbage anyway. Yeah, you, you hold your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> hold your tongue, boy. <laughs> uh, righty then. Uh, anything else we wanted to cover this week? No, I think we got through most of it. I think next week we'll be doing, we'll be talking about the Commander 2016 spoilers that have been coming out. Yeah, I haven't really seen, we haven't really seen any legacy playable cards come out. They basically just despoiled the Commanders, which are I mean, there's usually one with, not. <laughs> there's one with flanking Jerry, so we should probably I know, I, that. I saw that, I'm like, really? Is this the best <laughs> idea? Do you really want to bring back flanking? <laughs> Flanking's, flanking is easy. Flanking, I don't understand how people yeah, don't understand that. Flanking was fine, but, like, did you read that card? Like, I don't even want to bring it up because that card's so convoluted. I had to read the, it, like, four times before I figured out The rest of the card makes no sense, but flanking is very easy to figure <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. No, that's saying something. Flanking is the easiest part of that All right, now, card. now we're just going to read this. We're going to do a preview for next week. This one is uh, Siddhar Kondo of Jamura. Yeah, it's it's two, the name is confusing. It's two green-white, legendary creature, Human Knight. It has flanking, so whenever a creature without flanking blocks this creature, the blocking creature gets minus one, minus one until okay. end of turn. Whenever a creature blocks this creature, it gets minus one. <laughs> whenever a creature without flanking blocks this creature, that's whenever what any creature blocks this creature, <laughs> fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> any uh, real creature. It's a two five. Uh, creatures your opponents control. Right, here's here's the convoluted part. Creatures your opponents control without flying or reach can't block creatures with power two or less. <laughs> There's so many qualifiers on that. <laughs> it seems unusual. It seems a little. Opponents yeah. control without flying or reach. Can't block creatures you control with power. Oh, no, it doesn't even say. It doesn't say you control. It's just creatures your opponents control can't block creatures with power two or less. Uh, so it, because it's commander, it's like you know. Right. They can't. You know, if someone's running tokens. You can uh, strategize with them to play this guy, and yeah, I was gonna get forgotten. His he's one of the ones where people have had a few beers in them, and the commander game's going to like one in the morning, and people are just gonna forget that this guy's on the battlefield. And just <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no one bothered to read commander. it when you played it either. You know, they all just right. said okay. You know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Pat. You happy? You gave us sneak peek. Yeah, I'm happy. That that that's what that, that's what awaits everyone next week. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy that. Fuck <laughs> you. Um. All right. You want to get into some scoops, Jerry? Yeah. Well, I mean, guess first. Well, Mark. you know what? Before we do that, before we do that, before we get into scoops. Um. Hey, Mark. If someone wants to get a hold of you and talk to you, um, is there a place they can find you? I know you said you're not on Twitter, but you're you're on the Facebook page, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm on the Facebook page. I, uh, you know, kind of keep things low key, but you know, definitely uh, willing to uh, accept uh, friends and, and talk about magic. I, cool. I feel like um, hopefully I'm putting up more top eights, and I got a got a lot more interest in uh, in an archetype. And 
I'm, I'm pretty interested in what's going on with that punishing Dak Faden list, so maybe I'll give that a shot. Hell nice. yeah. Everything's better when you add blue. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, and so as you know, we don't do uh, we don't do uh, shout outs at the end of the episodes. We do scoops in the top eight. Uh, so, Mark, since you since you made it in the top eight, who do you want to scoop in with, along with you this week? <laughs> well, I'll say um, my friend uh, Jeremy and my friend Nick. They're both uh, two great friends who play miracles and uh, you know other decks that they're, they're the guys I play the most with. Uh, my friend. Uh, Sath, who uh, endured me playing Burn a million times against his Stoneforge <laughs> Mystic deck. Uh, you know, I even put Seal of Fire in there to beat his uh, Stoneforge Mystic. And <laughs> he endured it and uh, gave me those reps that I needed. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend for uh, sticking by this nerd and, and letting me have all that fun. <laughs> Well, I will. I, that's great, and that's all awesome. Uh, the only thing I would contend is that you can't really call someone a friend if they play miracles. That's a good point. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, you said friends who play miracles. I'm like, ah, oh, they can't be that great friends. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, what about you, man? Who you want to scoop in this week? Yeah, uh, well, definitely going to scoop Mark on. Uh, thanks so much for coming on with us. Uh, you're welcome, man. Thank you very much for having me. Hell yeah. I uh, also want to scoop Zach Bash in for splitting the finals with me and just being a friendly face at GP Prov. Uh, also want to scoop in Jeff uh, Ladau. I think that's how you say it. I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I don't think I've ever heard it say it out loud. But <laughs> he was also, I think he was working GP Providence. Uh, so me and Zach went over after and we were just shooting the shit with him. So good catching up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to scoop in Adrian, who we almost got onto this cast. <laughs> <laughs> it was, he, he made an appearance. He made an appearance. <laughs> we heard his voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Pat? Who you uh, got? All right, so a few quick scoops. Um, first, I uh, wanted to scoop in, um, I believe his name was Nick. I met him actually on my way into GP Providence. I was wearing like my, my, leg, my Leaving Legacy t-shirt, and he turned around the escalator and said, Hey, man, I just want to let you know I like the cast. I appreciate what you guys do. I don't even play Legacy, but he's like, I, I, I used to play back <laughs> really? in the day. I, I, yeah, he's like, I, I listen to you guys every week. I don't play any, you know, I don't play Legacy, but I played back in the day. He's like, and I just like listen to you guys ragging each other all the time. So I wanted to scoop him in the top eight. Um, also want to scoop in uh, uh, Beach. Uh, he uh, works right now for Wizards Coverage. He was doing some of the... Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, like the I graphics so designer work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of, I know you didn't make it down on Saturday, but I got a chance to go talk to him. And he's actually um, in with all the Team Tusk guys, which I didn't I didn't know that at the time. Uh, so he's down from, like, you know, Evan Nyquist area and all that stuff. He helped uh, get the Team Tusk, like, the Team Tusk uh, vision uh, stream going and all that stuff. Um, so it was, it was awesome to talk to him for a while. He, uh, he's, he does some pretty cool stuff in his, uh, in his spare time. So it was cool to, uh, to, to meet him and stuff. And, uh, so I want to scoop in the top eight. And then of course, Aaron and Kate, who I saw down at the GP, um, they were having fun in one of the side events. And, uh, Obviously, I mentioned it before, but one more time, just uh, Mistress Photoshop uh, for helping me out with something for Magic Online, you know, for my stream. And uh, if you guys uh, don't follow them on Twitter or follow them on Facebook, you definitely should give them a follow. They are, it's, it is hilarious work that they put out, and it's nice to see some, like, relevant, topical, humorous Magic content that isn't, like, cardboard crack. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I feel like uh, the appearance is big, man. So updating that stream, I'm I'm hoping you get a lot of uh, viewers. Yeah, me too, me too. It's it's been a lot of fun. So we've done two so far. I'll be doing them. I'm trying to do two or three a week, and uh, we'll see where it goes. It's been 
It's been a good time, so I'll be playing different decks too. It won't always be Eldrazi. I think this week I might take uh, blue red, blue red four copies of Vapor Snag in the main board into the uh, Legacy League <laughs> because uh, because of the Merrill Age deck. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> um, but all right, well, Jerry, if someone wants to get a hold of you, man, where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find you on Facebook? All that stuff. Uh, well, they can find me on the Twitter bot at J Me. 3RD. Fuck, fuck me, you. <laughs> what, Pat? I thought that was relatively restrained. Sure, sure. Uh, oh, also, I forgot one other scoop in. Uh, Jason Grigley. Uh, also hung out with him. Last minute scoop. You can find me on Facebook at Jerry Me. That's me. Two E's. On the, on the page too, right? You'll be on the page. Yeah, I guess I'll be on the page. Yeah, don't. Yeah, look. At, don't don't look at my regular Facebook. There isn't really any magic on there. It's, you'd probably be bored unless count. You want to stalk me or something? I mean, go for it. But your loss. Uh, right, you can find Adrian at Mathematrixer. You can find me at Pat Ugal on Twitter at Pat Ugal on Twitch. Uh, you can find me on the Facebook page as well, Jerry. Rolling some die. Roll that die, man. Roll that die. Papa need a new pair of shoes. <laughs> we got a six. One, two, three, four, five, six. P by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Ian motherfucking McCown. Yeah, Ian Daggerson McCown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. So Red Hot Chili, I don't think I've ever heard P. I don't I it's probably one of those songs where we've heard it but you just don't know the name of the song, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I never really got into Red Hot Chili Peppers, but they were just around me as I grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mean like P is in like urine? No, like P is in like peas and carrots. Oh, all right. Cool. That's yeah. such way better. <laughs> Imagine what a letter, all the things a letter can do. <laughs> yeah, you know, a song about urine doesn't sound too great, you know. You know, John Kermit still has a freestyle rap for me in this list. And that's gonna come up eventually. <laughs> that's the real reason we keep doing this list. I, w- <laughs> I won't. I probably won't do a freestyle rap, but I might do like maybe I'll do like a a couple verses of Hamilton for him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you get me drunk enough, I will uh, recite all of Juicy by Biggie Smalls. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> all right, Jerry. Uh, uh, play us out with something sweet. <laughs> I'm a little bee. I love the sky and the trees. I'm a Homophobic redneck
macho, you can kick my ass. Fucking.